Thank you for joining us on Hope for Today with Pastor Doug Solomon on this Wednesday. And today's message is called Chasing the Wind Part 2. Now yesterday we talked about chasing the wind in Part 1. And we see this story about chasing the wind, the east wind and the west wind. Just to recap a little bit, we know that uh, Ephraim made a treaty with the Assyrians, which was known as the east wind. And he sent olive oil to Egypt, which would be the west wind. And then we, we know the story about uh, God reminding him that God was more powerful than he was. But they were using scales and they were dishonest. They were defrauding people. We see Ephraim boasting about being rich and wealthy. But he was still in sin. But God reminded him, he said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt in verse 9 of chapter 12. And we'll hear this brought again in chapter 13. So let's take a look at this. He was provoking God, provoking him to anger. And God said he would repay him for his contempt. And the nation of Israel would at this particular time, would also suffer very severely. So let's look at Hosea chapter 13, beginning with verse 1. When Ephraim spoke, men trembled. He was exalted in Israel, but he became guilty of Balaam worship and died. Now there was sin that was ever more happening, more and more and more. They began to make idols for, for themselves from silver and perhaps even gold. Here it mentions silver, but even gold uh, idols have been found throughout the, the biblical times. But take a look at this. It says, cleverly they were fashioned images, so we can know that they were idols. All of them the work of craftsmen. Now, if we know about craftsmen today, we know that craftsmen have a specific way that they do something. They have a uh, artwork, sort of like when they carve or they do marble. In the silver, they were able to make these ornate images. But they were craftsmen that did it. They just weren't something that you just put in, made yourself. Instead of these people, that they were going to offer human sacrifices and kiss the calf idols. Therefore, they will be like the morning mist, like the early dew that disappears here today and gone tomorrow, like the chaff swirling about on the threshing floor. We think of when you um, separate the wheat from the chaff. When it's separated, it becomes airborne sometimes. It's swirling around the chaff. It says like smoke escaping from a window. If there's a draft, it, it will go out the window. It will look for a way to go out. But I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Here it is in verse 4. And it was in verse 9 of chapter 12. It's repeated again in chapter 13. It says, you shall acknowledge no God but me, no Savior except me. Now when we see this uh, brought them out of Egypt, remember 
from verse uh, chapter 12 in verse 1 it reminded us the west wind was Egypt so here we look at it he named it as Egypt here but he's telling them to acknowledge no other God before him only one God not multiple gods no Savior except him God says I cared for you in the desert God is speaking here in the rider saying he cared for them he looked after them in the desert in the land of the burning heat he looked after them he provided for them we see in verse 6 when I fed them they were satisfied when they were satisfied they became proud isn't that amazing you know some people in want you know when they're satisfied they become proud they become boastful sometimes. And the writer tells us, what happens when you become proud? It says, then they forgot me. We live in a world today where people think they can do it on their own, just like Ephraim. You know, he was chasing the wind. That's why I did a part two, because I wanted to remind us that people chase the wind when they chase after the perfect job, when they chase after the perfect wife, when they chase after the perfect car, when they chase after the perfect amount in, in the bank account, or whatever it may be, something that becomes before God, almost like this idol, something that takes precedent. But it tells us here that they forgot God. So, so he reminds them in verse 7, he says, So I will come upon them like a lion, like a leopard, I will lurk by the path. Like a bear robbed of her cubs, I will attack them and rip them open. Like a lion, I will devour them. A wild animal will tear them apart. Quite graphic there. And he refers to these animals. Now, I don't know if I'd want to meet a lion or a leopard. A leopard will lurk and wait for the time to strike. A bear, a bear that's robbed of her cubs is going to be very irate, very protective of her, her baby cubs. And when they're gone, she's going to be very angry. But I think about that, you know, when the animals attack, you know, you hear stories of people being attacked by a bear or by lions, even in Africa, and bears in America. We think of this lion and the leopard, you know, we, we don't realize how wild animals will act. And just as the writer tells us, it will attack them and it will tear them apart. Many, many people have lost arms and legs and, and hands and feet and whatever. You know, it sounds graphic, but it's reality. But he's giving some kind of understanding here, saying that there is a judgment. It says, you are destroyed, O Israel, because you are against me, against your helper. Now God is there, the Lord is there in the time of need. He is our helper. But in Israel's day, they had turned their back on him. The writer says here in verse 10, says, where is your king that he may save you? Where is your rulers in all your towns of whom you said, Give me a king and princess? 
He said, I gave you in my anger a king, and in my wrath I took him away, because the king was not faithful. We think of Ephraim here talking about what he's talking about, and we, uh, he spoke with power, like verse 1 in 13, chapter 13. He spoke with great power, and people trembled. They exalted him, almost like a god. But what happened? He died. He was guilty uh, of worshipping Balaam, and he died. So they had a king, or they had a leader, and the leader was taken away. The guilt of Ephraim is stored up. His sins are kept on record. Once he died, he, he can't change it. It's all done and said. People don't realize that. Sometimes they get caught up saying, oh, well, maybe in the next life, you know, maybe on the other side God would have. But the, the writer's clear here. He says that we have to be in right relationship with him. And we'll talk about that in, in John chapter 3 and John uh, 3, 18 to 21 and John 3, 16. And we'll take a look at that and I, I'll bring this full circle in a moment. But think about it. The writer says, um, pains as if a woman in childbirth comes to him. So he'd be in everlasting torment. But he is a child without wisdom. Because God could give him, the, God wanted to give him the perfect wisdom. God gave him directions, but he chose to compromise. He chose to rely on human understanding, then on the Lord. It was a foolish practice of chasing the wind, trying to bargain. The writer says, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. The power of the grave, and in the next verse it says, I will redeem them from death. God gives us a second chance. God gives us a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance. He says, don't continue in sin. But he says, he will forgive. He can forgive. He does forgive. But we don't want to continue in sin. He was reminding them here, he says, where, O death, are your plagues? Where, O grave, is your destruction? For Christians, death, when we pass from this life, absent from the body, is present with the Lord. And for Christians, we don't have to worry about the, uh, of death, plagues. We don't have to worry about the grave or destruction. When we look around the world today, we see so much going on. We see things happening. There are many people died with the COVID virus. Many people die from many various diseases and plagues. We see destruction happening around the world. Sometimes I, I think they're wake-up calls for humanity. It's sad. He said, I will have no compassion even though he thrives among his brothers. And you know, sometimes it's like what I've told you before. Sometimes they, people seem to get away with, with sin. They seem to get away with, like Ephraim, 
bargaining or trying to rely on their own practices, pursuing the wind, the east wind, the west wind, the north wind, the south wind, whichever way the wind is blowing, they will chase it. The writer tells us here in verse 15, he says, an east wind from the Lord will come, blowing in from the desert. Now think about that. If we go back to verse uh, chapter 12, we look at where it talks about the east wind. The east wind is Assyria. And Assyria will come along and eventually Israel would be destroyed. History tells us that. His springs will fail, his wells will dry up, his storehouses will be plundered of all of its treasures. Think about that. That's like this destruction. You know, all the things that man can make can be gone in a moment. Without water, we can't survive. If the well dries up, there's no water. Storehouses will be plundered of all of its treasures. If we look through history, we see many, many times uh, Israel and many nations were the first thing they went for was their treasure. It tells us at 16, the people of Samaria must bear their guilt because they have rebelled against their God. We hear this word rebel. We don't even hear, we don't hear it mentioned much today. But it is in the Bible. It is a word. Think of the world today. How many people have rebelled against God? In the end, Israel would lose everything, even their lives. It talks about they will fall by the sword. Their little ones will be dashed to the ground. Their pregnant women will be ripped open. Quite graphic, very graphic. You know, when we see this, we say the writer of Hosea was, was trying to get his point across. He's reminding us to stay true to God. He reminds us to put our trust in God. Where do we put our trust today? Do we put our trust when the wind blows, when it's silent? Just like Israel did back then, you know, when they were in the desert, they were, the Lord fed them. When they were satisfied, they became proud. They complained. They said, oh, look what we did. Or look how we, what we've accomplished. And then they would forget God. The world we live in today is sort of like this, this time period mentioned in Hosea, because people are chasing the wind. People are chasing different avenues, different things. They are putting gods or worshiping different kinds of gods instead of the one true God, the Lord and Savior, the hope of, the hope of humanity. If you turn in John chapter 3, verses 18 through 21, it says there, verse 18, he says, 
Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. Verse 21. But whoever lives by the truth and comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Amazing. It reminds us in John chapter 3, verse 18 to 21, it's telling us about this light. It's talking about he who believe, does not believe is already condemned. It's plain and simple. But our hope today, as this message comes to a close, I want us to re read John 3.16. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Or in another translation, I'll say everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, or, or the world will be saved through him. Amazing. Hope. God's promise of salvation. God's promise of redemption. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you reminded us these past two days about what wind are we chasing? Are we chasing our own way or your way? Lord, your word says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where the wind comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. We have this hope of salvation in Jesus Christ. We have this hope of him leading and guiding us. We have this hope just like the nation of Israel. He provided for them in the desert, in the wilderness. Lord, help us to be grateful for what we have. Lord, you bless us with what we need to accomplish what you've called us to do. Lord, do we always want more in our humanity, if we're honest? We, we always think, yes, we, we, we would like to have more. But Lord, we've, we want to be content with what we have. And Lord, may you use it. May you enlarge it. May you make it a blessing to someone else. That we can help them at times. Lord, as Christians, we are called to share with one another. As Christians, we are there to encourage, to build up, not to tear down, not to demean, not to say words, unkind words. 
Lord, that doesn't come from you. But Lord, we want to thank you that you sent your one and only Son. He gave us the hope of redemption, the hope of restoration. Lord, we don't need idols, crafty idols, and, and fancy paintings and all that. We just need you. But we don't need to make a wooden cross and hang you back up on it and place it on our coffee table or wherever. Lord, we know what you did. And we know what you accomplished. As the scripture was telling us there in Hosea chapter 13, there is a grave. There is a time when we're all going to pass away unless you come again before that time. But Lord, you conquered the grave. You gave us the hope of eternal life or everlasting life, life without end with you. Lord, we pray for all those that are listening and those that will listen, that they will see what the writer of Hosea was saying. Lord, help them to see their world the way you want them to see it. Lord, you want to see people be born again, born of the Spirit, not a physical birth, a spiritual birth. Lord, today can be that day. Lord, it's very simple. We just confess to you. We give it all over to you. We cast all our cares, our worries, our anxieties, our fears, our lostness, our sin. We cast it upon you. We ask forgiveness. We ask, Lord, and we know that you will redeem us. You will give us uh, the hope of eternity. Lord, that's what the world needs now. Lord, we pray for a great awakening among your people. Lord, your people have grown cold. Your people have sat on the sidelines and very few are running the race. Lord, help them to get up. Help them to strengthen their, their muscles and strengthen their character and strengthen their, their belief and help them to be bold in their faith. As we talked about in a message a few weeks ago, to be witnesses of you. But Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters that are facing persecution around the world for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of knowing you, for the sake of sharing this message of hope. We pray, Lord, that you will surround them with your protection you will surround them with your love. You will surround them with the joy of your word. And Lord, we look forward to that day when, when the eastern sky cracks open and you call us home. And we stand before you and you say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Lord, we pray for the lost of this world, for ears to be unstopped and eyes to be able to see what the Word is saying. Lord, the Old Testament is as much relevant as the New Testament. Help us to glean the information, to, to read it, to teach it, to share it, the way that you'd have us to share it. 
Lord, we thank you for this podcast that you give us the opportunity to share the Word of God across many, many countries in the world. We thank you for that. And Lord, we want to, to use this podcast to spread the good news, the message of hope, not only here in Mauritius, but around the world. It's what the world needs to hear. Lord, we pray for leaders, responsible leaders, leaders that are, have a heart for you, that you can guide them and lead them and direct them. Countries that need leaders, godly leaders, men and women of God, not with a political agenda, but with an agenda to share your word, with an agenda to bring peace in this world, with an agenda to bring unity. Or we think of countries around the world like Ukraine and Russia. We think of Sudan and many, many other countries around the world. We think of America, even. Lord, the divisions that are happening in America, it's so sad. But Lord, many, many countries are going through these situations. We pray, Lord, for a revival. We pray, Lord, that you will reach out and make yourself known to the world around, around us. But Lord, we pray for leaders that will stand up for you. We want to thank you and praise you for all you're going to do. We ask for your hand of mercy, your hand of protection, your hand of provision for this day. We ask in the mighty name of Jesus. So thank you for joining us today. It was quite an interesting message to go from the Old Testament to New Testament. But I did want to share uh, this message with you, this part two, because I think it was too much to do in one. And I want to thank you for joining us today. It's, uh, it's a joy and a privilege to be able to bring you the word of God afresh and anew each and every day. So thank you. God bless. Have a great day. Pastor Doug Solomon. Thank you.